Ancient support tips, take number 375. Because in take number 374, I forgot to unmute my mic. Yay. What's up, everybody? This is Donnie, aka Elevated, and this is another video on behalf of Dota Alchemy. And we're going to be talking about the four tips that you can employ as a support player in Ancient and Below to gain a ton of MMR very quickly. Now, for context, I recently gained about four or 500 MMR in just a couple of weeks playing nothing but position five support. It's the only role that I really like playing anymore. And we've been getting a lot of requests for support content. So I figured why not just give you guys what you want and give you some very quick MMR gaining tips that you can employ as a support player. Tip number one, learn when to leave the lane. Every single laning stage must come to an end, and usually the person that moves first has the advantage of initiative. Dictating the pace of the game is one of the easiest ways for supports to drastically increase their impact in pubs. If you've been supporting the lane correctly, you should have gained a level or two advantage for your carry before the five minute mark. Bounties spawn at five minutes, and if you have gained this advantage, now is a great time to move around the map. Find a vulnerable target on the other team and go win a second lane for your team with a well-timed gank. Drop a ward that will spot rotations to your safe lane by the enemy supports or mid and make your move. Ideally, you want to keep your TP off of cooldown to be able to respond if the enemy team targets your carry in response to your move. But if your carry has already taken the enemy tower or retreated to the jungle, you can safely move to the opposite side lane even and pressure there if that is the correct place to be. If the lane is hard, your carry is bad, or you fucked up the lane with bad pulls or feeding kills to the enemy team or terrible lane control, then you should still make this rotation around the five minute mark. Still drop the ward to spot the enemy heroes or rotations to the lane and try to target the most vulnerable hero on the enemy team. Sometimes the most effective way to save your carry's bad start is to attack the opposing carry or mid this kind of move will often draw a response of the very heroes that are bullying your carry to try and reinforce the lane that you're now attacking. And this will free up your carry to farm unharassed for a couple of minutes. Tip number two is learn how to harass in lane correctly. This is honestly one of the easiest problems to fix, but also one of the single most egregious errors made by support players at this level of Dota and below. Literally nobody does this correctly. Do not attack the enemy heroes while you are standing in your own creep wave, ever. This is something that you should be able to avoid in 99% of scenarios, and here's why it's such a big problem. If you attack the enemy hero while you are standing in the creep wave, you will aggro all of the creeps on the enemy side to you immediately. This means that your creeps are now damaging them, but they are not damaging your creeps. And this means that your wave is going to push, which means that your carry is going to have to play in a more dangerous position, which means that it's going to be harder to harass the enemy team. And you're going to probably have to leave your carry alone to go pull the wave and reset the creep equilibrium. Additionally, you're going to probably mess up some last hits for your carry because the enemy creeps are all running around willy nilly. And you're just straight up taking a bad trade because you're tanking a bunch of extra damage from the creeps while trading hits with the enemy heroes. Instead, you want to play around the periphery of the creep wave and get used to what the aggro range is. Once you do this, you'll be able to abuse the ability to trigger an attack command from outside of the aggro range, whereby your hero will be able to attack the enemy without repercussions for one attack. 
If you are a hero with long attack range, you should literally never aggro an enemy creep. And if you're a melee hero, you should do your best to bully the laner before the first two creep waves meet and start triggering hero aggro. After that first wave, position your body threateningly, but not actually right-clicking the enemy hero. If they're getting kind of low, then they will often back off, and sometimes it's honestly just worth it to tank a bunch of damage that would otherwise go to your carry. If you're an ogre, for example, you have a ton of armor and HP regen, and if you're laning with a slark, you're happy to eat a bunch of ranged hero harass and allow your slark to freely farm without any pressure. If you do mess up and somehow draw aggro of the creeps, quickly reset that aggro by A-clicking your own creeps or laning partner, and do your best to start denying the wave as soon as they get below the threshold to repair the damage that you've done. A final point about harassing is that right clicks are always better than spells early on, if at all possible, because they are free. And generally speaking, most lanes can't get kills at level 1, but they can often get kills at level 3 or 4 or 5. And if you've burnt all of your mana and all of your HP harassing at level 1, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of that power spike a couple minutes later down the road. Tip number three is that vision is the single easiest way to win games as a support. If there's one thing I've noticed that nobody does in Ancient Bracket and below, it is to buy a lot of sentries. The only time people will ever buy sentries is if they know for 100% certain that they're going to get a D-Ward with it. However, if you're playing support, especially position five, you need to be buying 25 to 30 sentries every single game, even if you're facing very little or no invisibility on the other team. The reason is extremely simple. The team with more information will inevitably play better Dota than the team without it. Every single time you make a move to a dark location on the map, it is imperative that you do your best to remove any vision the enemy team might have left there. Every single time you get aggressive anywhere on the map, it is imperative that you remove any vision the enemy team might have left there. Every time you go anywhere you know the enemy team has been somewhat recently, you should try to remove any vision the enemy team might have left there. The truth of the matter is, you're not going to find a ward every single time you place a sentry. And that can be a little bit scary because you're already poor, you're playing support, and it can feel like you're essentially just throwing 75 gold into the dumpster. However, now is the best time in the history of Dota to buy sentry wards. They only cost 75 gold now. And that means that even a very basic D ward at the very beginning of the game will give you more gold than the cost of the century. 100 gold, 50 experience as a base, and that will increase as the game progresses. By the mid game where buying all these centuries is important, one D ward is usually worth at least two century wards. And worth is an entirely relative term here because what's the actual worth of removing the vision that allows you to take a fight that wins you the game? The opportunity cost is just incredibly valuable here. It's totally worth it to spend two or three centuries sometimes looking for that one critical game-changing ward, even if you whiff on all three of them and confirm that the enemy team doesn't have any vision of you. And tip number four is to buy the item that helps your team the most, not the item that helps you the most, unless they're the same thing. Despite their prevalence in the professional scene, it is still amazing to me how few people value buying aura items or utility items. 
Damage might win you some fights, but survivability will win you the game. If you are playing support, the temptation will be extremely high to focus on that one big item that you feel makes your hero strong. The problem is, your job is not to be strong as a support. It's to make your team strong. That one item that you think makes your hero a good support all of a sudden usually just makes you a really mediocre underfarmed core hero. When you win a nice fight, get part of a stack, or take a tower with your team, it is really easy to default into buying that next component of an Aghanim Scepter or grabbing a Blink Dagger to increase your own kill potential. Instead, spend half of the gold you just got on sentries, wards, smokes, and dust if you need it, and spend the other half working towards that one most important utility item that your team doesn't have yet. I can't tell you how many games I've won by prioritizing that one utility item that your core or your position four was supposed to buy, but instead they're going for damage. And you pick up the Halberd, you pick up the Force Staff, the Glimmer Cape, the Pipe, the Vlads, the Crimson Guard that keeps your team alive and allows them to utilize all that damage that they've been buying and wins your team the fight that wins you the game. So that's it, everybody. Remember, it's in the name of the role. Your job is to make the game so easy that your team can't help but carry you. I know playing support can be incredibly frustrating from first-hand experience, but I hope these tips were helpful and I hope it wins you some games. Let me know what your experience of playing support is in the comment section below, and as always, we will see you next time.